Hey pumpkins, it's Nick. The following episode of Copulators Die First contains spoilers about the film we are discussing this week. And if you haven't seen the film, go ahead and give it a watch. Don't worry, we'll be right here waiting for you when you're ready. Yeah, and as always, don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe on your favorite listening application. Now, on to this week's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back for this next episode. Hey Nick. Uh, Hello, hello. You want to introduce our new friend? Sure. We are here with Matt from Cult Classic Mania. Matt, say hi. Hey, how's it going? Yes, queen. <laughs> um, Clearly very sleep deprived too, by the way. So <laughs> we were, I was I was just joking. This is like our this is like our sexy like nightline like night radio episode where like, there's like two people listening, you know? <laughs> Smooth jazz radio. Oh yeah. Delilah. Do you remember Delilah? Oh, she's still on here. Delilah is still on the radio. Yeah, she's. I, we. I don't listen to her, but I've heard her late in the evening, uh, and um, she, she. And doesn't she have like a French guy too? Oh, I don't know. Oh <laughs> yeah, there's like a French guy that she like does the talk show with, and he's like a French love expert, and he's like communication is everything, and it's like, what do you know about communication, I sir? I mean, all I know is I, I, I was in a Wendy's recently and Delilah came on Delilah came on the radio. Oh and my she was gosh. just like she was just like, Welcome everybody. And then like of course there was like the someone was dedicating a song to their boyfriend because they um support them and whatever they do. And you know, she started like quoting the Bible a little bit because she's Delilah. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. But she's still going strong, so this is our Delilah episode. <laughs> this is a Delilah oh episode. Um, that reminds me, uh, yesterday was Valentine's Day, so my wife was nice enough to order dinner from the Cheesecake Factory, but I had to go brave it and pick it up. She's like, oh. caveat, it's on you. So there was some gentleman that was behind me on the phone, also picking up his food, and he's talking. I'm like, I, I kind of picked up on what he was saying, and he was like, bro, you just got to live your dreams, man. You just gotta, you gotta do you. I know you're in a crisis right now. And like, he was just going on and on. He's like, happy Valentine's Day, bro. I love you. And I was like, oh. Wow. Yeah, I was like, way to go. It's a little bromance. bromance. He was probably picking up Cheesecake Factory for the two of them. (laughs) (laughs) I've had Cheesecake Factory in so long. It's been like like um, 10 years. it's a new thing for us where we don't have money. So <laughs> Cheesecake Factory, I don't have $18 for a cheeseburger. And I'm I was not going to say, gonna do it's it. so ex- probably why I haven't had it. It's like $20 or whatever for one thing of cheesecake. And I'm like, nah, I don't have that kind of money. I do love that cheesecake. <laughs> I do love any cheesecake. Um, this, this, is all um, very, this is all very odd, though, because I have been craving cheesecake like the whole week. I mean, see, we have Cheesecake Factory here in New York, but we also mm-hmm. have... We have Juniors, which is Ooh. like, you know, the other famous. You don't have cheesecake. that here. Um, I, I think it's like I think it's like a very regional type of famous, but uh, right. Rocco de Spirito, of, <gasps> um, eat this, not that, and all that bullshit. Um, you know, claims that Juniors cheesecake is the best cheesecake in the world, but it's it's specifically New York style cheesecake. Like it's Ooh. not. It's not like your um, triple Decker Reese's peanut butter cup uh, cheesecake factory cheesecake, and um, it's not diabetes cheesecake. It's, it's not diabetes <laughs> cheesecake. No. Well, then I don't want it. 
Just saying. I mean, mm-hmm. they have that they have that celebration cheesecake at Cheesecake Factory, which is just basically like a triple decker birthday cake cheesecake. Um, I'm gonna go on the record and say it's a yuck. I'm gonna pass. No, I love it. It's so good. Oh no, it sounds kind of good. I got the I, I got I got the coffee one and it had like a fudgy bottom. I mean, who doesn't love a fudgy Ooh, bottom? Fudgy but bottom. <laughs> this is the after hours radio. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. Anyway, <laughs> since we're talking about gross stuff, let's talk about 1982's John Cop- Car- John Carpenter's The Thing. Let's speak oh English. Gosh. English is hard. That was a really great segue, though. This Thanks. movie. This movie is so disturbing and so gross that I literally had a nightmare about it last night. I'm not even kidding you. I'm a 23-year-old man. I had a nightmare about a movie. (laughs) Did you you eat something weird before you went to bed? No. It's just like I watched it like three or four hours before I went to bed. And I always watch movies like if it's a scary movie, I'll watch it like during the day. That way I'm not like freaked (laughs) out. But I was like, I'm a 23-year-old man and I never really have nightmares about movies. And I... That's how scary and disturbing this movie was for me. Like, I love horror movies, but, like, I actually had a nightmare from it. (laughs) It's a little yucky. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I guess I'm just, like, super oversaturated and, like, jaded. Because I was like, this is really gross, but I don't find this scary. That dude? Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's terrifying. We'll get there. Did you watch it with headphones, by the way? No, I watched on my television. Oh my gosh, I watched mine with headphones because I was watching at work, and there's like throughout this entire throughout the entire movie, there's like really eerie music playing and like light drone music playing. I'm like, oh my god, this is terrifying! (laughs) Like, I don't like like it. Freaks me out. It's like because I had my headphones on, I had on full blast too. I was just like, oh my god, I'm gonna take my headphones off for a minute. I made I made a mistake. I made a mistake, and I need my mom. I mean, it's John Carpenter, so obviously there's going to be... Something weird. Well, it was just like, it was going throughout the entire movie. There's probably, like, maybe 20 minutes to where they don't play the music, but, like, literally throughout the entire movie, it's just this eerie droning music. I'm like, oh, my God, this is... Ah. (laughs) I don't know why. It just, this movie, like, freaked me out for some reason. I don't know why. I've seen it a bunch of times, too. Like, I knew it was Mm. coming. Mm. Mm. Sounds like a bad time to me. All right, so this guy, this John Carpenter guy, made this movie in 1982. Um, Kurt Russell's looking real hunky, yes. looking like a looking like a snack. And he grew his hair out for a year for this role. I want to know what his hair routine is because I've been growing my hair out for like almost a year and a half now, and my hair is nowhere near the length that his was at a year or mm. whatever. Maybe he just has super luscious hair like Nick. Maybe he's just blessed with good genes because he's not balding. I don't know, because, like, I mean, mine's, like, down down to, like, my shoulder blades right now, but still, like, I want to know what his hair routine is. Um, <laughs> probably a lot of coconut oil and, um, like, patchouli and alien drool is what I'm thinking. I mean, it was also, it was also the early 80s, so, like, long hair was still very common. So. Yeah, I was about to say, wasn't that kind of still in? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's starting to make a comeback, too. It seems like everybody's growing out their hair now. Oh, no. I'm getting my hair cut tomorrow, and it's going away. I'm I'm so excited to see what you come up with. I hope you took my suggestion. (laughs) It's going to be short, but not like... It's not going to be like 90s boy band short. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, you don't want them frost... Or do you want frosted tips? Oh, God, please don't. (laughs) I I had frosted tips in middle school. There's documented proof of it in my middle school yearbook. 
I mean, it was like like two thousand ish. Yeah, like and, and I also had I also had like a weird neon like dragon sweater. You know oh. what I mean? But did you have one of those shirts too? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are sweet. Um, Matthew, you're too much of a baby to know what we're talking about. Well, my brother, like, he he had frosted tips when it was like <laughs> way it was like way past the prime because we live in the Midwest, so like fashion doesn't catch up to you like until like five years later. So like yeah. he wore he wore frosted tips up until like two thousand six, I think. Oh, it's like mm-hmm. Eastern Europe, I understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like Yeah, no, but so I've definitely been there, done that. I don't I don't wanna do it again. I mean, I would totally like color my hair, but that's not in the budget for tomorrow. So no, 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 no. no. We're just you gonna call, leave that alone. But you, you call Dre and she'll hook you up. She'll do you the do you the biz. That's true. Hey Dre. Yeah. Hi, I love like, you. And I miss shout you. out number two. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway. so John Carpenter's the thing. Where are we going? All right. So is it the Norwegians? <laughs> the yes. Norwegians are invading Antarctica, basically. And they're trying to shoot down this pupper dog, which I'm not a fan of. Yeah, yeah, no. I did not like that. I was immediately <laughs> triggered. By I this. was like, nope, I don't want it. I'm turning it off. Um, and I, I had a husky too as a childhood dog, and that broke my heart. Whatever oh. they were trying to kill it, so it's like I'm gonna skip forward from this part. Maybe that's where your nightmare came from. Probably Maybe. actually thinking about it. Found it. <laughs> but like, also like. Yeah, they're shooting at this dog, but then they never hit the dog. And it's like five minutes of them just like shooting around the dog because there's <laughs> such horrible shots. I mean, yeah. it's the Norwegians. I don't think they fought in any wars, so I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty but sure. they took like, he probably took like 12 shots or so. And so he didn't like make any of them whatsoever. And then he takes, doesn't he take out like a bow and arrow or something like that or a flare? Some- Something weird and stupid and seemingly inaccurate. Like, I just doesn't seem like it would have bode well for him either way. Like, and then, you know, the dudes are like coming out of their little bunker and they're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what what the hell? Like, and Kurt Russell's looking all hunky and he's like, he's got his parka on and they're like engaging in like a weird firefight with the Norwegians over nothing, over this dog that's, you know, spoiler alert, he is not what he seems. No. Yep. Yeah, no, no. So they're doing the thing, and then the one guy gets shot in the leg. Yeah, Clark, I believe, right? Or no, George. Dude number one, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, <laughs> let's just get this out of the way right now. There's lots of men in this movie. It's all men. They all have, yes. like, those names that are, like, just their last names. And I'm going to know zero of them. RJ McCurdy. Yeah, RJ McCurdy. RJ McCurdy. Yeah, RJ. It probably stands for like like Russell Joseph. I don't know. Something stupid. Randy Jr. Oh oh my god. Randall Jr. He's like our main protagonist. He's like he's like our guy. So we follow him through this bunker. Wilfred Brimley's in it with his diabetes. Speaking about that diabetes (laughs) cheesecake. It's the six degrees of cheesecake factory. (laughs) The six degrees of diabetes. Diabetes. Uh, Cheesecake Factory, if you're listening, we would like a sponsorship. Please. In the form of cheesecake. Please and thank you. Por favor. Um, and like, so the one guy gets shot. I, all the Norwegians die. Their helicopter blows up. So, I mean, ominous. We're kind of stuck here. We're kind of stuck just, here. It, it was all very melodramatic. And like, I don't know. For... I mean, 
men melodramatic. Yeah, yeah it, was sort of, it was sort of just a weird opening for it. I mean, besides that, it had a pretty strong buildup and a pretty strong climax as well going well, into yeah. it. So, and and the one the one thing that we kind of didn't uh, touch before the whole dog helicopter <laughs> sequence. <laughs> Doggo copter. The doggo copter sequence. There was <laughs> there was that like slight uh few seconds of like there's a flyer flying saucer heading towards Earth. Yeah. yeah I was like, weird. wait a minute, is that part of the title of sequence or just like weirdly going into the next scene with that? I didn't know what was yeah. up with that. And there's no timestamp on that, right? So like we don't know yeah. when the flying saucer came to or well, it probably crash landed. Well no, we get we got a timestamp and location. It was like it just said in Antarctica like winter of nineteen eighty two, but that was about it. Yeah, they yeah. don't they don't specifically disclose that the the uh unidentified flying object yeah had any point like is it is it a prehistoric situation has it been there forever like the way like pennywise is like from the core of the earth you know what i mean like has this thing been manifesting for a millennia or is it like hey um crash landing and we're turning into a doggo now i mean that sounds like the ideal time for me that's what i want i don't know i i feel like it was there for a while and then the norwegians found it i mean well obviously that's what happened because we find this out later but i feel like it was probably there for a while and also in my notes for some reason i kept putting wolf because i thought it was a wolf i was like why the fuck am i putting a wolf it's a dog but whatever it doesn't matter but also (laughs) um I would just be like, what the fuck? Where did this dog come from? You know what yeah, I mean? It's just like running... it's Antarctica. Yeah, and it's just like running in the white open. Well, I think it's supposed to be like, didn't they claim it's supposed to be like a sled dog or whatever? Yeah. Like the, all the dogs that they capture. I don't well, know. Something like I think that. they just, like, obviously, like, they just, they being the American, the Americans, question mark? The Americans. The National Science Institute individuals at Station 4. Like, yeah, yeah they have. They have sled dogs probably because they go places in the cold Antarctica wilderness. But yeah, so it's probably supposed to be one of the Norwegians sled dogs. Question mark. Question mark. Um, (laughs) And like RJ, Randy Jr. is like um, he's a helicopter pilot based on the description of his character. And I'm like, what the fuck? How did you get that job? You're not flying anywhere. You were stationary plus. Like yeah. you were you were in a fucking igloo. Yeah, they mentioned that throughout the movie too. Like they're calling him the pilot or whatever. That's just great. Giving him that title. I'm like, you hardly ever flew. Like I'm pretty sure I only flew one helicopter. Flown, flew, I don't know. But yeah. Like he only <laughs> flown one time. <laughs> They just had, I mean, like, I'm sure that, like, in reality, a station such as this would have some type of, like, you know, well-versed individual who could operate many uh, transportation vehicles. But for this movie, they probably just wanted to give, you know, him more machismo, you know, because he's he's the dude. He's the man. (laughs) He's the one. This you know? movie is such a like such a sausage fest, like one hundred of Vienna sausage fest. I forgot. On oh the Wiki- yeah, I forgot on the Wikipedia. I forgot why they said they wanted all male cast. There's something about how, oh yeah, sorry, didn't I mention that like they didn't want to like put a bunch of women in the same room with men in case like have sex with each other or something like that. Well, yeah, so, because so the person who <laughs> wrote this, 
Funny you should mention that because I'm trying to tie this movie into Woman in uh, Horror Month. So the person who wrote the screenplay, Bill Lancaster, um, he said that um, he omitted female characters from the script because he believed that a female character was a love interest who inevitably would get in the way. Um, I mean, women, they're just always getting in the way, right? Yeah, with, our, just, with our vaginas okay. and stuff. They're just always in the way, you know, like they're, they're inconveniencing me by breathing <laughs> in space. Um, uh, and like, funny, cause that's how I feel about men, but it's fine. Right. So, 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 so in light of women in, uh, in horror month, I'm like, oh, so this is a healthy train of thought. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, it was the 80s, so, like, it you was, can't really bash too much on it, but I get what you mean. <laughs> um, but I do feel that Bill Lancaster, in purposefully omitting female characters, did end up writing kind of um, a beautiful piece that really speaks towards, and I'm sure he didn't mean to do this, the, the, the issues of um uh well the issues is not the right word but the um the problems that <laughs> along with um toxic masculinity and especially because this was 82 the fear of homosexuality and you know not being quote a man's man and all that stuff so we can certainly get into that a little bit more as we go along. But yeah, I think they unintentionally created a piece that was like, you know what, ladies, men, they're not that great. Sorry about it. <laughs> especially, um, especially in the 80s, man. There was a lot of a lot of weird drugs. Yes. Yeah. A lot of crack and a lot of coke. You know, they, they a lot of these individuals end up acting like they're on coke and drugs, but... I don't think they're, I mean, ultimately, the main fear here is, like, the fear of isolation. Yeah. Um, but obviously, they created this, like, pressure cooker environment where, because it was all men, it was just kind of, like, no trust. Everyone has to have their guard up. They can't show weakness. Which, in this case, what Bill Lancaster was getting at was parts of the feminine like, you know, showing sympathy, um, I don't know, uh, essentially being able to detect emotion, all that type of stuff, which are, quote, female things, and not being able to do any of that, this is really what does this whole cast of men in. Um, it's not but- really cry, except for, I think, Windows, who cries a little bit, but besides that, there's really not much emotion shown. Well, no. I guess whenever Clark, whenever he realizes the do- spoiler alert, the dog dies, but he, whenever the dog does that, he kind of cries a little bit. But other than that, there's not really much emotion shown in this movie. Yeah, but see, a- the thing is with that, the emotion shown is not towards another person, shown towards an animal. So right. it's like it, it, it's like a little disheartening that these men can't find an emotional connection with each other, like at all. Well, because, I mean, even from the beginning, before they got got all scared of this alien creature or whatever it is, like, they just, they they, they don't have any trust in one another. And it's just like, 
why? Because, like, you all are up here in Antarctica. Well, up here, down here, wherever. They're, they're in Antarctica. <laughs> over here? I don't know. They're over there in that in that uh, snow globe place. <laughs> um, <laughs> North Pole? The North Pole. Um, they just, like, they're already, they don't have any healthy connections with one another. I think they try to play on that, though. I think that was another great tidbit that they added on to it, though, because they're like, nine, no one trusts anybody, and they're trying yeah. to play on this paranoia as well. So, like, it kind of all blends together towards the middle. But, toward, like, in the beginning, you're like, why do none of these people, like, trust each other or care about each other? And then you realize towards, like, the middle, it kind of adds up whenever things start to really climax. But even, even in the beginning, yeah, like, you're just like, why are they acting this way towards each other? I don't really understand. Because <laughs> men are dumb and stupid. <laughs> um, double dumb, double dunker stupid. But also, what was I thinking about men other than they're stupid? Oh, this, I think this touches on what Arthur was saying, like, when we had previously talked about this movie, about, like, the AIDS epidemic, and that could be where, like, the trust issues in lie, because you can't, because the epidemic was so rampant, Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I forgot about that whenever I read in the Wikipedia page about it. When people I mean, were mentioning that. That's, I mean, a, that's a loose yeah. interpretation. I don't know. I'm, I'm just right. giving a shot in the dark at this point. So there's like there's like super duper a lot of interpretations of yeah. this. Um, from, from the toxic masculinity, um, homosexuality side. And most of it, what it boils down to is that... Um, you know, that there is parts of the human experience that, quote, men shouldn't be able to have because they're female things. And again, this is 1982. So, you know, that's kind of where that's coming from. But I, I, I really don't think that Bill Lancaster meant this to be a, a piece which really delved into any of that but in being a stupid man and writing the script the way he did it basically was a piece that showed that you know there it's unhealthy for men to only live in the expectations of what being a man was and this is something that obviously in recent history we're seeing again um especially with a lot of these mass shootings, but we don't have to get into any of that because this is supposed to be a lighthearted horror comedy podcast. Not a, we're we're tired because it's two in the morning and we're getting, we're digging into a hole that we're probably not going to be able to (laughs) dig out of. It's like chicken soup for the soul. Chicken soup for the gay soul. Oh my God. Well, like if you read the Wikipedia page, it's like, there's just all these speculations and there's literally like, I think, probably like one or two pages of it just going on and on I'm like whoa I, I only I'm the type of person that doesn't really like look too deeply into films I just take it at face value for what it is so so in summation just so that you know the whole women in horror month thing I can feel like we we uh put enough nails in that coffin if you will toxic masculinity is toxic it's bad uh, and all of these men, uh, unfortunately, succumb to it in one way or another. And I mean, the one thing to really realize here, and of course, this is kind of like a big uh, fast forward through the whole thing before we get to it. But 
too bad. At the end of the movie, you know, it, it's it's uh, McGreedy and Childs just kind of like lying there across from each other in the rubble. And they ultimately don't really even know each other. So it's like yeah. they like- kind of staring at each other like. Why do we? Why are we trusting each other right, right. now? Kind of and, and so, so they've gone through this whole journey of mistrust to only end up where they started. Um, and I mean, it's it's a huge it's a huge metaphor for how we shouldn't be isolating the boys of the world and saying that they can't be emotional and they can't have you know they, they that they can't access certain parts of themselves or else they're quote not a man um because that's really a big issue that all these guys have in this movie and then you know it it all just falls apart um not saying that if they were more hyper aware of emotions or um you know uh, did form bonds of trust that it would have saved them from the thing it probably wouldn't have. Um, but I think if they had worked together in any capacity, things could have been a little bit better. Um, and um, so hashtag toxic masculinity, hashtag feminism, um, hashtag woman in horror month. Um, and like also, I don't know this Bill Lancaster guy, but to go on record saying like we didn't want to write in a female character because they would inevitably become like a love interest that would get in the way, like that's the grossest thing. Like fuck you. Like shut up and thank you next, I guess. That that is basically the equivalent to me of saying like girls can't be doctors and girls can't be scientists because their vaginas will get in the way. Yeah, like no, I'm, yeah. Those, they're those, they're just too emotional. They feel things. Those, Motherfucker, I feel a lot of things all the fucking time. And guess what? I get up every fucking day and I put my pants on, like every other man that I know. And you know what? Sometimes you just gotta tuck your emotions in your back pocket and you get shit done. But like, hi, that's what it's called being a, like a person. It's not yeah. indicative to like feminism or like inherent like femininity because like hi have you met me i'm probably the least feminine woman i've ever met so yeah that guy can suck it he can suck it real hard Mm. so you know like hashtag it's two in the morning hashtag apparently i'm starting every sentence that i'm saying with hashtag we ain't Uh, mad you know like moving on from here the point really is that um this movie has sparked a lot of conversation around these topics because it was odd in 1982 to have a horror movie with an all-male cast, you know, yeah. because most of the time there's a female character that we all enjoy rooting for because we see them as, quote, weaker than the man. And then when they, you know, beat the villain, overcome the villain, escape, survive, whatever then it's like, oh, this is a feel-good moment for me because if she could do it, then I, you know, uh, inspiration, etc. Um, but there's no payoff in this movie from that aspect because these men's are stupid and um, think with think with their penises, but like not from a sexual standpoint because they're, they're obviously they're not going to have sex because hashtag no homo. 
there's just like it's basically a giant like sword fight this entire movie <laughs> like who's is bigger also i don't believe that i'm gonna go on the record and say there is no way that you're gonna be on you know snow globe mountain for uh-huh. however fucking long and not get your dangling touched by at least one person well, it's too cold too too anyway so like it's like negative 10 degrees so it's just gonna shrivel up anyway so is that off you asshole it's like, <laughs> it's like it's like seinfeld whenever you jump in the water it shrinks yeah i mean it's probably there's probably uh, mucho masturbation on this uh station for mucho, mucho mutual masturbation in an effort to <laughs> quote unquote keep warm i guess like, I don't know. You are trying to make this narrative happen, Ashley. I will make it happen. I swear to fucking God, that's the only thing I'm going to get, like, out of this movie that's going to redeem it. Like, mm. I fucking ship it. Our Randy Jr. McCurdy with everybody. Like, <laughs> I don't care. Okay, fine. All right. Well, anyway. Um, also, I forgot to mention that, like, whenever people were, like, reviewing this movie, people were saying that they wanted it, they thought it was going to be, like, a feel-good happy alien movie for some reason what because i was like that's well i because uh i think et came out like probably a week or two before this and the thing came out so people were expecting it to be like an et like movie i was like did you read the synopsis at all (laughs) like that's not the case whatsoever i mean it's 1982 so probably not there probably was not an abundance of synopses available for mass um, eyeball consumption. Yeah, I thought it was because, like, it was people thought it was going to be like a feel good alien movie and there's going to be a really good, happy payoff, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's going to live in harmony. It's like, no, that's Mm-mm. not how it goes. <laughs> that's the exact opposite. Snow Globe Mountains full of dickheads. That is a, that is a <laughs> quote to take <laughs> mom. Yeah, you write that on a postcard, you send it with love and you send it to your mom. Like, that's what you do. Dear mom, camp is great, but Snowco <laughs> Mountain is full of dickheads. Love you. <laughs> RJ. RJ, please send more snacks. I'm hungry. <laughs> oh my god. Windows right, keeps so. eating all my snacks. So does Clark. He has diabetes. 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 All right. So so I feel uh, I I I feel like we have met our men are stupid. <laughs> hashtag feminism quota here and I'm not trying to patronize anyone but like ultimately at copulators die first the the house of CDF if you will the, the the female is in our opinion a strong figure that is necessary um and should be worshipped so the thing is a very good movie um but I do feel like not having any women it's a very specific statement so <laughs> you know and it, and it was a problem problematic movie in the 80s too like people yeah. were outspoken about it so it's like it's not like people are just now mentioning this like people have been angry about it for years <laughs> oh yeah and so in in the words of tatiana the drag queen <laughs> hashtag choices yeah Hashtag Matthew doesn't understand any of these references. I'm just going to nod my head and say, okay. okay. If we ever bring up drag queens, you just say yes. It's fine. Yes. I'm probably the only gay guy that doesn't watch drag whatsoever. So I'm just like... I, I mean, feel like... <laughs> it's something that you 
you're not going to enjoy it unless you have a genuine interest in. And not everybody needs to love drag. I mean, Which I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, that does not define you as a person. Um, all right. So anyway, <laughs> let's actually Wait, talk about. I, w- I, w- I was going somewhere and then I got lost. But um, yeah, uh, drag. Just, just like everyone um, in this movie. Yeah, literally, we're just going in a giant fucking circle, and we're gonna get somewhere. I promise. But like, um, was it drag related? I don't know. Very possible, but I don't know. Mm, doesn't matter. All right, keep chugging along. All right, so I was gonna say, let's actually like get into the meat of this sandwich. Um, it's flimsy, but I'll take it. This hot dog sandwich. Oh Isn't it just God. a hot dog? It's just a hot dog. <laughs> Is it a hot dog just sandwich? Just a hot dog? Oh my God! It's a, yeah. That that's another debate that will never be uh finished so let's not go there either but um let's get into the meat of this sausage party hey <laughs> that's yeah. a better one. Oh my gosh okay so so where did we leave off before we uh, went on that beautiful gorgeous gay tangent we were talking uh, about the dog yeah the dog is poached uh, yeah whatever they're all back in the recreational room or whatever i guess and, R- got shot. and rj is back at his little shack or whatever yeah his like, little watchtower like <laughs> i don't know and not he's playing, playing checkers not playing chess because he he fried that bitch yeah, yeah well he's like he's like you cheating bitch and like she it was like it's an ai well ai for that time and there's no way it could probably cheat but whatever and he gets really mad and then he pours his scotch all over it so it's like all right <laughs> excuse right. me sidebar i'm gonna i'm gonna jump off here um <laughs> Fuck that, because isn't that just like channeled aggression towards women as a whole? Probably. That that <laughs> cheating bitch. Oh yeah, because the chess wizard did have a female voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Checkmate. Mm, look Maybe at that's that. where people were looking into that. We're peeling but... back layers. It's uh, an onion made of shit. But like, also, like, it's 1982. That was like sophisticated technology for the time, yeah. and whatever government agency they're working for probably paid for that. So, like, how rude of you to what do an, what you did? What an ungrateful dick. Yeah. So I don't know. I just had to address that really quick. So thanks for bringing that up, Matthew, because I would have forgot. And I like how every time, like, anybody's drinking, they do, like, a zoom-up of, like, whatever bottle that they're drinking. Because it's, like, they zoom up, and it's, like, J&B whiskey or whatever. And I think that's, like, the cheapest whiskey that you can probably buy. Mm. <laughs> it was probably supplied by the downed um, Norwegian helicopter situation. It just rolled it right out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why are they just randomly zooming in all the alcohol that they drink? I don't... Whatever. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Weird. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Nick- he's... He's a sore loser, blah, blah, blah. He opens up the compartment, pours his drink down, and then... Oh, yeah, they're still trying to kill the dog, right? Because they yeah. didn't kill him exactly yet. So, like, yeah. So, so the dog the dog is just, you know, running. There's literally a helicopter after it, which is a humongous vehicle. This guy is the worst shot in the world. Like, maybe stick to smoking fish or something. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Um... And uh, then, well, we kind of got into this already. So the so the helicopter lands. The guy is like speaking crazy. Well, it's Norwegian, but they to to the to these Americans, it just probably sounds like gibberish. Which it um, does. 
and um, the dog goes over to the men's, and then yeah, it's like George and all those guys that come out. Yeah, and then who gets shot? It's is it who? I, I think it's George Bennings. George Bennings that gets shot. Who yeah. is played by Peter Maloney, and that name doesn't really matter, but whatever. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So, so, but the fact of the matter is this Norwegian guy is still like trying to kill this dog and we're like, the fuck is going on? Um, but he shoots the guy instead. Oh they, yeah. He, th- he throws a grenade. He, that's right. He tries to like throw a grenade or whatever to, I think, blow the helicopter up, I guess. Isn't that what he does? I, I don't know about throwing a grenade. Yeah, no, like there was a grenade. I think he was trying to hit the dog with the grenade, but yeah. like. And, like, obviously, we know why he was so desperately trying to kill this dog, you know, uh, after the fact. But, like, I don't know. Even if I was in a state of panic, if, like, this, if, if my, like, in my mind, my one job is to now kill this animal, I would just be trying a little bit harder. Just, I don't know. He, he, I, I probably only shot a gun, like, once or twice in my life. But I'm probably a better aim than him. Oh, <laughs> I I have never even been in the same room as as a gun. It's that Midwestern life, Nick. Yeah, there's yeah. there's there's plenty. I'm just saying, like, there's plenty of ways to disable an animal if you really needed to. Right. Um, and like with just, snacks. Sure. Well, I mean, I don't know if this dog would want snacks per se, but yeah. I don't know. Um, so then, so the, yeah. So they're all like, "Oh my god, doggy, um, you live with us now, I guess." Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. you. You're a friend now. <laughs> and and like, I hadn't seen this movie in a very long time. Uh, but like, as soon as they started spending so much camera time on this dog, I was like, "There's something up with this dog." Right. It was like there has to be something. There has to be a payoff eventually. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, and I forgot to mention there. I I can't remember who it was. There's someone in the rec room. He like takes the longest time to bust open a window with a gun, and he's like literally just scraping all of the window out to get it, get his gun out, and he like shoots the crazy poacher or whatever. And that's oh my what. God. Yeah. It's, it's so much tomfoolery. It's like, <laughs> what What do you need that for? You just need to uh, punch a hole to make the pew-pew happen, and that's it. He takes so much time. Like, he's, like, trying to clear an entire path. He's like, I don't want to get cut. Just, like, moving. <laughs> you won't get also, cut. <laughs> wasn't there, like, wasn't there also, like, a door not that far away? Yeah, yes. literally, like, a foot away from him. <laughs> oh, my God. piece of shit. Like... It's such a far distance to go to and plus open the door. And plus it's like negative 10 degrees. Once that window, once that excitement, that fight or flight is over, it's going to be really fucking cold. Yeah. So, also, it oh wasn't very gosh. much of a fight because they weren't really shooting at them. No. Right? So they were just being like, you know, antagonizers and being shitty and stupid. So men are stupid. <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. I was like hashtag men in my brain. So... Yeah. Why you gotta take the masculine route when you could take the smart route? Right. Like ding dong. Like And this <laughs> is when this is after this is when George is shot. Yeah, George is shot in the leg and RJ throws a bottle of whiskey towards him and like pours it on his leg, I think. That's what happens. And then the rest of the crew they run out to get with the they had like fire extinguishers and they go to put out the fire. And whenever they're putting out the fire, too, all three of the men, like, the other men that are already out there, they're just, like, throwing snow on the fire, like, doing absolutely nothing to take it out. I was like, really? 
That's all you're going to do is you're just going to stop on this gigantic fire. We're going to throw snowballs at it and pray for the best. That's mm-hmm. literally what they were doing. They're just like throwing tiny bits of snow on this gigantic fire. What a uh, bunch of dumbass men. <laughs> I mean, like the beginning, it's it's sort of not a great beginning attaching the story together, but towards the middle, it gets it gets better definitely. But oh yeah, I, f- I feel like they could have had a little bit better of a leeway into the story instead of that fucking chaotic mess. Yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> what 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 other introductions did they need? Like, it, men, we're men, we're in Antarctica. Go. Yeah, that'd be kind of boring as well. So. Yeah, there's not really a good way to go into it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's what's his face? I don't remember who it was. It says it, and after all this happens, he's like, this is the first goddamn week of winter. And then they cut back into... I put Dr. Cooper for some reason, and his name was Dr. Copper. I think Dr. Cooper sounds cooler. So I'm just going to go with that. And it's played by Richard... First week of winter. Fuck you, you're in Antarctica. It's winter all the fucking time. <laughs> Slightly less cold winter. I don't know. That's stupid. Well, like on all the on the like trivia and everything, they said it was like negative twenty to negative thirty. Like it was the coldest winter that they had throughout the entire like since nineteen seventy five. I think they said whenever they did the record of it. Mm. So yeah, it still was like one of the coldest winters that they ever had. But still, yeah, it's Antarctica. Got nothing on Cleveland. Right now, <laughs> it's like negative fourteen. Right now, and it feels like negative thirty. Might mm. as well be. That's nice. Yeah, it's um, really brisk. cold. It's let me hot. just uh, let me just say that it was fifty degrees in New York today. Oh, so... I'm so jealous. Yeah, sorry about hey, it. Yeah, but... No, maybe <laughs> we'll get some of that next week. I'm excited. That's like mm-hmm. maybe like a promise. Something happening. We're but... not. We're supposed to get stuff every five sh- like Monday through Ma- Friday. Ma- Matthew, shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your whore mouth right now about this. They've <laughs> had that S word. No. Okay, so we, you know, toxic masculinity. Let's let's jump a little bit to the meaty middle because fuck the beginning. There's really nothing that actually happened. Well, yeah, so like, yeah. I don't know why it took so many notes yeah. for this. The, the next, the next big thing is that they're like this this Norwegian guy. Who they they what do they say? <laughs> because they don't say Norwegian. They're like the sweet. Do they say Swedish or something? No, RJ RJ keeps calling them Swedes, and he's like, Swedes. they're Norwegian. God damn it! And like they keep correcting him throughout the entire movie because yeah, like I, again, like men <laughs> hanging on minute details that don't matter that much. Women would let it go. Yeah, <laughs> women would have like had this like figured out way sooner and yeah, no like, windows would have been broken so rj and the doctor are like let's try to figure out why this guy was like super duper insane so they go to the base where they think the guy came from and um so what do they find there uh they find the body of the guy that looks like he must have slit his own throat yeah. um so my first medical problem, though, um, with this movie, and there's not many because you really have to just suspend your disbelief here, given the fact that it's like a gross monster that can shapeshift. But um, blood, I think, can freeze. Yeah. Um, I think up to a certain degree. I don't know. Yeah, but it's temperature. The 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 blood pattern in which they like had that whatever they used mannequin whatever uh 
the blood that was like dripping off of the knife and stuff, it wouldn't have frozen in like perfect droplets like that. Right. So that annoyed me. Um, but that's really the only thing medically that annoyed me in this movie. So um, from I mean, that besides that, you know, besides that, everything was pretty realistic. Like, who was it? Rob Bodden did the special effects. Like, he really killed it on the special effects. Besides that, like, yeah, he and, was awesome. <laughs> and honestly, I shouldn't even be giving time to that because there's plenty of other things that are going to happen um, that are gross and disgusting. But so, Ooh, yes, yeah. Let's talk about the yuckiest. So, so, the, so wait, so j- just to set this up a little bit, because there's some semblance of story here. <laughs> so, if you, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they, they find the guy, they're like, this is weird. Why would he have slit his throat? We do not know. And then they, look at like some type of surveillance footage question mark and they're like the fuck is happening and then they find the giant ice block that the they they thawed the um the thing out of yeah they use like thermite or whatever to blow it out and then they like dug it up i guess kind of yeah, and then I guess, you know, it. they were like, oh, well, it's frozen, so it's dead, and then obviously it was not, and then it wreaked havoc on their base. Sidebar, the the thing, the 2011, is supposed really to be, that. so it's supposed to be a prequel, but movie sets basically up that, like, the Norwegians found the monster, and everything after that happened because of them finding the monster so if it's supposed to be a prequel but the norwegians found the monster in the second one i'm pretty sure it's an american team that they claim found it so like it's supposed to be a prequel but continuity issues unless it is the norwegian team and i'm just forgetting but like either way it's it's like it's not really a fantastic movie um, but now I feel like I should watch it again just because we're talking about it. Anyway, so they find out some things on the base. Um, and then, like, I think this is, like, way further into the movie. But, like, no. They actually go to the crash site. That's what it is. Yeah, when they go to the crash, crash site. No, they go to... It's, like, the little base that they're in. And they, that's all I do is go visit it. And they find, like like you mentioned, they have, like, video footage and everything. Yeah. And then I think RJ, he finds some type of documents, like written up documents, but they're all in uh, Norwegian. So there's like, I don't know how they're going to try to translate it. I guess they have some guy that knows Norwegian. I don't know. But they bring the documents back. They think it's going to be useful. Maybe so, he shouldn't have broke that computer like a dumbass. And then they, yeah, they notice, it, like you mentioned, they, there's like a group of human remains or whatever. And a bunch of kerosene next to them as well. Whenever they're at the crash site, right? And like they're about to, and it looks like they take the bur- burned remains back and then oh, to the duh. station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go back to have it examined. They're, what's his face? Uh, I think Copper is the one that's doing it. I think he's the one that examines the. Oh yeah, it's all three of the doctors. They yeah. examine the pilot. So my issue with that is, this is like a two-faced, shriveled up semi-human looking gross pile of like mass and they're dissecting it like it's no freaking big deal i would be screaming and crying the entire time like, <laughs> they i don't been, like it no it's like disgusting. they should have been 
Like they weren't even cringy about it. And they're just like, yeah. oh yes, like this this appears to be lung tissue. That's really cool. And it's like yeah. <laughs> no. And the same thing when when they, they dissect um another one of the creatures later on. Again, like it's oh like another day at the office. No, this is no regular day at the office. This well, is I mean, alien I mean, like- creature. I mean, like, one guy, whenever he's working on the fatter alien creature, he's, like, sort of, like, groaning about it whenever he's, like, taking the intestines out. But other than that, he's not really, like, freaking out about it. Like, But, yeah, yeah. just in general, I'm just, like, you're, you're going about this too nonchalantly. But, again, they're men, and men don't show emotions. So, whatever. And then, like, everything just goes from, like, zero to 160. And, like, oh, yeah. seconds as rihanna would say like Um, oh thank you this movie is long but like you said like it's really fast-paced once it hits here and as as a big dog lover this this whole sequence was just like very disturbing to me um because i just felt so bad for the dogs yeah like like i said that my childhood dog was a husky and eventually passed away when he was like 10 years old but that is kind of hard to watch that one, watching that one turn. Because it looked a lot like my Husky, too, the way the black and uh, white were distributed as well. It looked a lot like my old dog. But yeah, uh, Clark, I think he starts to notice that the dog is acting strange when this happens. And whenever he's starting to put him in the kennel, and all the dogs start to growl, and they just start freaking out. Yeah. And the gross alien creature starts to morph, I guess. Is this sort of, they just sort of lead into it. And yeah, I don't know what it was real, but I mean, like number one, um, lest we never forget that uh, animals are the best judge of character. So yeah, that's the first thing. And then, like, I feel like this first round of like morphing alien stuff, like he was like spraying stuff on the one dog. Like, what was that goop? Yeah, it was like a like clear greenish goops. I don't know what it was for. Maybe it was sort of like to infect them. I don't really know. It was, uh, yeah. And the the dog that they just saved, he was actually really smart and sort of went into that fight or flight mode and started bite the kennel open as well, like trying to get the trying to get the walls open, trying mm-hmm. to escape. Yeah, oh, his poor teeth. No, he had dogs... to get out somehow. <laughs> right, those poor dogs teeps. were smart. So then, like, okay, so so the dogs are smart. There's weird white goop coming out of the alien and I'll just leave it at that. Maybe it was to paralyze because I think that's the same dog that he like that well he not he because this thing is not gendered but I think it was the same dog that it took into itself. So maybe it like paralyzed the dog or something. Yeah I think Um, so. But so of course now like this alien is making a lot of freaking noise at this point. So the men are finally like, oh, what's going on? We should go look. Do they they burn? Do they burn this? Yes, they do. Yeah, like not RJ, but I believe it's Childs that runs in with the flamethrower. Yeah, he yells for Childs to get the flamethrower. And he just torches that motherfucker like it doesn't matter. So, yeah, and that's that's and by the way, that's how they kill all of the aliens, too. You got to torch them. They don't explain that what but i guess it doesn't really matter like i figured they try to like kind of leeway it in like a zombie movie where like oh it's a killer you gotta shoot it in the head you know it's 
make it die off or whatever, but they don't really explain that. They just yeah. sort of go into it with the flamethrower. Question, where did they get the flamethrower? Like, Yeah, I was wondering that too. I'm like, why do they just have a flamethrower? I don't think that's standard issue equipment well, for an igloo. Because it's Antarctica, duh. Everyone duh. in Antarctica has a flamethrower, obviously. Okay, Everyone has a snowball. Sure. Everyone has a snowmobile and a flamethrower. That's the standard equipment. It's like when you when you're born, America. you're just gifted those by the government, obviously. <laughs> the Antarctican government. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> it's sort of like whenever you're in the south, and you know, whenever you go to a liquor store, you get a gun and a and a bottle of whiskey. That's just how it happens. I don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, I prefer not to. I, no, that's okay. But they they also they also like kind of going back to the 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 they have to burn them thing like. They they kind of show as the movie now quickly progresses that like the alien is like scared of fire, which yeah. is you know a very common thread of monsters being scared of fire, like Frankenstein's monster, for instance, and stuff like that. So I don't know if that's supposed to be like a cute little nod to that or not. Um, Probably. Or, or maybe it's just the fact that this is supposed to be an intelligent creature and there's like kind of an insinuation of there being like a hive mind here because like there's multiple things that have been taken over by the thing, but they all seem to be connected in one way or another. So like maybe one of them got killed by a flamethrower. So all the rest of them, because they have a hive mind, were like, no, stay away from the hot red stuff. Stay yeah. away from the hot. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? Or maybe maybe I'm giving this monster too much credit. We have no idea. Uh, but I, I, I did like feel at some point like maybe there was supposed to be this like hive mind type of situation. Flamethrower... We're throwing oh, yeah. flames. We're throwing flames here. It's and the hot. creature, and the creature, its body—it looks like a gigantic turd. By the way, did you yeah. notice that? It looks like a gigantic, gross turd with ant legs. It, it was reminds disgusting. me of like it reminds me of like Chet from Weird Science. Yeah, it's it's really disgusting. Like, <laughs> I just figured I'd throw that in there a little bit. Oh yeah, this is whenever the dog is starting to turn into whatever the thing was that was before. And then I think that's when, yeah, that's when RJ, he tries to th- use the flamethrower and green slime is coming out, blah, blah, blah. And he notices that he's starting to turn a little bit as well to forget to add that. Then I guess Rob Bodden, whenever he was like naming all the creatures to like keep track of all of them because he was making so many, he called one of them, the, this, this creature, the flesh flower or the pissed off cabbage because it looks like a thing of cabbage. That makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, the way it, like, opens its mouth and, like, yeah. comes out. Um, all right. So now we have two creatures to dissect, right? Because we have the cabbage and we have the two-headed thing. Yes. And then this is when Gary, one of the doctors, he's, like, doing an autopsy on that creature. And he mentioned this is when... Because I sort of like this whenever they go. They kind of deliver enough pseudoscience to where you can kind of get behind it. And you're like, all right, I can kind of give a shit about this movie. At least they're not... At least they're not turning into creatures for no reason. You're not explaining it at all. But he says, like, they he goes on to say that the creatures were actually absorbing other creatures around him and somehow absorbing and creating life forms to imitate the other life forms around him. And he was, like, going on with, like, a whole bunch of sciencey bullshit that I don't really care about. But 
Oh, right. Because, like, they take a blood sample. Right, right. Yeah, because they're taking blood, blood samples. Sample taken, and they look under the microscope. Right. And he's, like, seeing how the cells, like, not yeah. so much attack, but, like, attach and transform. Um, yeah, he says uh, they're able to imitate other life forms and imitate them perfectly to where they kind of, like, just blend in with the crowd, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's certainly pseudoscience. We'll just leave it at that. But yeah, no, it's it's definitely, especially for like the, the early 80s, like it's this creature, like, like if you really think about it, this creature is not doing anything maliciously. Like this is just like how it lives its life. Like, right. it, and like um, going back to the whole co- commentary on masculinity thing, I, I think that, these men are like super terrified of the idea that this is what this creature does because again, there's like, there's such a fear, especially when like being a man, like if you have, like, if you're a man, like you have to be a man was like still a very popular train of thought, especially in the eighties. Like this thing was, potentially stripping them of like what they saw as their identity so again hashtag toxic masculinity hashtag feminism hashtag women in horror month moving along like this dog is freaking indestructible it like and it doesn't die i don't think it doesn't i don't think it dies until like midway through like maybe almost an hour into the movie it's they're just tending to its wounds and all the other guys are just watching the footage that RJ and Copper found back at the base. Um, this is whenever they start to notice the uh, whenever they're away from the base and they're they're planting the thermite charges on the ground because they're unsure of what the, the thermite charges were for. And then I guess that was sort of when they started to connect. Whenever they found that NK base or whatever, into the whenever that little bank or whatever that they found was NK, they found that that was from that. I guess. Mm. And Vance is like it, the one of the guys. Vance he mentions like uh, it, the thing was must have been buried underground for at least a hundred thousand years or so. And the Norwegian men tried to blow it up with thermite, basically. Oh uh, yeah, this sort of like whenever they're back to the rec room too. And Childs, even though he's like, this is I don't get this part because like whenever they're explaining everything that happens, they have literal video like video footage of everything that's happening, and Childs is like. I don't believe this voodoo bullshit. I don't believe anything that you're telling me. Like, you literally just caught one of those aliens on fire. <laughs> well, right. But he doesn't want to show that he's scared because he's a man. Hashtag toxic masculinity. Um, but, like, having child specifically use the term voodoo bullshit is problematic. What yeah. an insensitive jerk. Like, he's just... Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. I feel like it, it goes back to like the whole thing of like m- men don't want to believe that they're wrong. Like this is something that you might not be able to beat. You know what I mean? Like right. your your mortality is on the line and you were unable to address the fact that like um, maybe you were wrong and you shouldn't have let the dog in there. I get it. I mean your compassion for an animal is great but like you know have some compassion for each other. Show some emotion. Be a fucking person. Yeah, well, so like, show literal video, video evidence again. Like he literally blew up the the alien that was trying to attack everybody. So it's like mm-hmm. 
those why why they had to add that in there i don't really know i guess the show again like you mentioned like no emotion kind of thing or for it to show yeah. that they're scared yeah you know and, and exactly as what ashley just said it's just a beautiful through line of like these men are digging their own graves because <laughs> of toxic masculinity. So now this is like when everyone starts to get super crazy. Yeah, and then the, that dude knows he's like one of my favorite characters in the thing. He just skates in. The kitchen worker that I'm talking about knows he just like, he's totally out of everything. Like he has no idea what's going on. He just skates in. He's like, what's going on, guys? What happened? And it's just like, going on his merrily way like nothing ever happened does he have antarctica weed antarctica weed yeah yeah he's always smoking weed i mean maybe <laughs> that's why he's confused and he doesn't really care he's well, pretty like, apathetic about the whole situation well it's just like he walk he walks in and he's just like what's everybody fighting about i'm just going uh, about my day just really I, wanted a grilled cheese sandwich yeah i think Knowles is probably my favorite character it has to be except for rj there's nothing again, nothing really noteworthy that happens. It sounds like there's like a whole lot of filler that doesn't really matter, but right. So now, now basically the alien is just like starting to pick them off one by one. Oh yeah, this is when they're at the storage room, right? Yeah, they're in the storage room, and they're like they're taking the creature down there. And while Copper and Windows are rummaging around, they they show. I love this camera angle that they use whenever they're like rummaging around and they show it like pan around to the creature and they show it just lightly breathing. Mm-hmm. I love that little effect that they added. It was, it was so eerie at that point. That's when I started to like freak out a little bit. I was like, uh, someone's going to die eventually. I know it. Oh, Spoiler yeah. alert. It's everybody. <laughs> yeah. They literally everybody except for three people. <laughs> I mean, eventually they're going to die. They're, yeah. they're, they're on snow globe mountain by themselves, but no, food. Uh, no food. Um, no, I mean, water because they have snow, but, like, no actual, like, water, no medical supplies, um, fires are running a rampant. I don't think they have a helicopter anymore. I think it got blown up, right? Yeah, that was whenever the what's-his-face threw the grenade and blew everything up. So, that guy's a dumbass because now you're you're out, like, your only escape route, um, your Randy Johnson Jr. guy, he's, like, he's our, our pilot, right? I mean, yeah. he's bas- he's basically, like, a couch potato. Like, he's just falling apart. And it's just kind of, like, it's, it's the whole thing about toxic ma- masculinity. You're basically, if you don't utilize the quote-unquote circle of trust, um, like... You're going to fall apart. You have nobody to rely on other than yourself. And, like, that's not healthy, man. Like, make some meaningful connections. Find a way out. Like, don't be a ding-dong because you don't want to ask another man for help. And they do... Well, they do have one vehicle. They have a bulldozer, so... A bulldozer (laughs) is not going to get you anywhere. It's slow. Just get everybody all on this one bulldozer and just go as far as you can. We're going to go three miles an hour on 15 <laughs> gallons of gas until we run out. And then we're stranded in the middle of Antarctica. And that's when you freeze to death. Right. So, again, another brilliant idea made by a man. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Oh, oh yeah. And so it's super off topic. And it, literally every time that they're out in the cold, everyone is drinking. And I learned not too long ago, actually, if you're drinking in, like, negative, I think, 
negative 10 degrees or, or more when you were drinking whiskey, it's actually bad for your circulation. And it can, right. it can actually like cut off your blood circulation. And pretty yeah. much so like everyone is literally drinking the entire movie. Doesn't Very it, poor like, choices. Doesn't it, yeah. Doesn't it like restrict your cardiovascular system? Yeah. yeah. Like shuts down your entire cardiovascular system and it like cuts off all blood circulation and everything. It, like it immediately shuts down. There's no way that you could recover from that. Dumb. <laughs> Poor choices all around. <laughs> I, just noticed, I just noticed that like throughout all my notes, I'm like, these people are all drinking all the time, even in like ten degree negative ten degree weather. That's not healthy. That's, you're gonna die. They're barely <laughs> functioning alcoholics. If I've <laughs> yeah. ever seen it, that's what it looks like. Yep. Yeah, but you know, he's Kurt Russell, so he's like cool and stuff. So I want I wanna know what Goldie Hawn thought about this. Uh she probably had no opinions. I mean, yeah, she, isn't she just kind of like a balloon of a person? Like, <laughs> oh no, just gently listen, gliding through life. Listen, that woman was gorgeous and wonderful in First Wives Club. So, I, love I know I've watched club. it with you multiple times. Of course, of, yeah, obviously. I'm obviously. just gonna pretend what you're. T- I'm just gonna pretend I know what you're talking about. I mean, it probably came out the year you were born, so I'm sure. <laughs> First Wives yeah. Club, Diane Keaton, Bette Midler. I have no idea what you're talking <gasps> about. Oh, Matthew. <laughs> Matthew, we need to have a gay intervention and like sit you down and be like, these are the top 10 gay things you need to watch. I'm the person. least gay gay person that you could ever think of. Like That's fine, but we need my... to indoctrinate some of us into you in the most polite way possible. Watch for Wives Club, damn it. I like, mean, wonderful. There's, there, there's a whole culture out there ripe for your picking. Oh my God. Like, Stalker. Channing. Stalker Channing. Like my mom is more gay than me because she's like, Do you know what RuPaul's drag drag race is or whatever? I'm like, no, I have no clue what you're talking about. She's like, you gotta watch it. It's like got all these drag queens and everything. I'm like, mom, just because I'm gay doesn't mean I like drag queens. But it's good television. I'm so your your mom sounds like a swell lady, and we'd like to have her on to talk about drag (laughs) anytime. Oh god. Oh god. We're gonna yeah. have her on for an intervention. She keeps yeah. trying to, she keeps like wanting me to watch this. I'm like, Mom. Matthew, you just do it. <laughs> just sit down, give yourself an hour, get get a snack. Listen, yeah. it's hey, for the best. I like terrible movies from the eighties. That's about as culturally sound as I'll probably get. Oh, so that's, I mean <laughs> that's what I is RuPaul's Drag Race not a terrible movie from the eighties? I think Um <laughs> it is. Season one it was filmed in RuPaul's, you know, basement. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Matthew, they rip curtains off of a wall to use for fabric. I don't know how horrible it can get. It's that's pretty great. bad. Oh, my oh gosh. okay. So <laughs> I'm yes. upset. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Where were we? I don't it's three even know. in the morning and I want a snack. So let's wrap this bad Thanks. boy up. In all reality, like <laughs> this part of the movie can be summed up as aliens, bad choices, aliens, bad choices, craziness, bad choices. And then we get to the scene where there, there's like the 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 belly vagina. Oh, oh god, that's so yuck. disgusting. Yuck. And that's um, like apparently that's like one of the most memorable horror moments. I guess it's like they it's like number two or so on in the top ten best horror moments of all time. I mean, I get it. It's very it's very effective. It's very gross, and um, 
I mean, the one thing that will always stick with me from this movie is like the spider head. Um, I, I can't remember who turns into the spider head, but that's that was fucking gross. That was it's, it's one of the it's one of the dude bros, you know. And I hate spiders too, so it's like playing at my arachnophobia there. So. Uh, man, this is just a triggering <laughs> movie for you. Maybe you should Apparently just never watch so. it ever again. Well, like I watched <laughs> it when I was like. 12 years old because like for some of the like horror movies whenever i was a kid my parents were like no you're not allowed to watch any of these and then at one point my dad let me watch the last house on the left oh at the same time i was like Yuck. i was like so you're gonna let me watch the last house on the left but you won't let me watch the thing because <laughs> i'm pretty sure i had a nightmare like the next day after that probably like the entire week after that whenever i watched the last house so like yeah, I don't uh, I don't know what was going through their heads, whatever. I said whenever they said I could have watched one movie but watched the other. My mother wouldn't let me watch Jurassic Park, but I did. Oh, you rebel? Out. I'm such a rebel. I'm I'm gonna have my mom call your mom and I'm gonna have her tell her that you watched Jurassic Park and Although she's gonna it, be so mad. It was my cousin's fault because they had the VHS. <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh my god, there's such bad influences. I'm so telling my mom to tell your mom. <laughs> my mom's gonna be like, What? I don't remember any of she it. She won't remember it, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's why this movie is triggering for me, because like I just watched it at such a young age. Yeah. And then realizing all these triggers like arachnophobia, my dog died. I'm just like, oh, well, maybe this isn't a good movie to watch. Maybe, Matthew, maybe you should have sat this one out. Maybe you should have been like, listen, guys, I made a mistake. Like, I, I, I still love it, though. Like, it's probably like one of the most terrifying movies that I've watched in the past couple of years. It is, it's a good one. It's just um, spider baby alien vagina belly. <laughs> has happened oh well, yuck before he turns into that spider head though his head is like falling off of his body yeah and like that slimy like gross green stuff that's coming off of his body that's so disgusting i didn't want to watch that at all yeah and the heads yeah, are all gross and the, the head's ugly and like ugh, no and the noise that it kept making that loud screeching noise yeah it sounded like on a like 30 days of night whenever those vampires are like making those loud screeching noises that's what it reminded me of like i don't like high pitched noises either so i was just like i want this to be over i think we're making a breakthrough tonight like this movie might have created a lot of your yeah i don't i mean what else happens from here there's there's more hullabaloo with the aliens they burn the spider baby alien the basically it's like what is our solution to everything burn it with fire that's really and again, uh-huh. they don't explain that whatsoever. Yeah. And then, like, eventually we get... So, the one... The crazy loony doctor they put in the tool shed. That crazy loony doctor. Dr. Blair. Yeah. So, and remember, he's, like... He's, like, recreating the alien ship in the basement or something. Yeah. Well, like, that's what he's, like, doing throughout the entire movie. And, like, they go to check on him periodically... And they show this, like, very eerie part where, like... Because I thought when it, whenever he was going crazy and RJ notices that he's going crazy and they hear the gunshot, I thought he was going to kill himself at that point. I didn't think he was going crazy. I thought he was just going to kill himself. I don't know if you thought that, but... Well, and then whenever they show in the tool shed, whenever they go to check on him, they see that... They show that noose that's hanging down. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, so I... 
I think he's gone crazy because he's like, oh my God, I did this autopsy on this weird ass thing. And like, we're not going to start like, I thought his, like his paranoia of like, they're not going to survive because this thing is unstoppable. is like ultimately what like pushed him. But then like, probably like the whole him recreating the ship in the basement and stuff. He's already been taken over. That's really what it is. Like he's already a part of the thing. This, He's just too far gone. My hypothesis of the hive mind and whatever. Um, yeah, he smashes everything into the storage room and all of that. Whenever they t- after before they take him to the tool shed. Uh, oh yeah, this is when they want to do a the blood serum where Doctor Copper he wants to start taking everybody's blood and compare it to the uncontaminated uh, the contaminated blood. Right. Yeah. Right, but the blood is gone because. Yeah. They blame Gary, and then they blame somebody else about stealing the blood because they had—they're the only ones that had access to the little locker that they had it in. Whatever, it doesn't really matter because they end up doing the test. And he will, well, whenever RJ starts to go a little crazy, they administer the test then, but they do it a different way. Whatever Copper explained to do. Um, yeah, he notices they were all drained out, and everyone's arguing at this point who sabotaged who, and they're getting nowhere. By the way, whenever they're arguing about it, they're just going back and back and forth. It's like it's like a game of Clue, whenever they're just like fighting, figuring out who murdered who, kind of thing. Well, right, because <laughs> now everything is the now. Now it's like a super duper just like sword fight. Like they're just like, yeah, I'm right. No, I'm right. No, whose is bigger? Mine is bigger. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. Um, now, speaking of the, the blood test scene, this is where the hypothesis that um, there's a tie in here with the AIDS epidemic holds the most water. Because much like how they figured out the only way to figure out who has been become a part of the thing is with this blood test. Obviously, the only way to know if you've been infected with HIV and potentially will... Um, uh, get AIDS is with a blood test. And I mean, it's very much of the time out of like all of the theories of like what there may be hintings at here in this movie. Um, so there's... is that what that was with the Wikipedia page when they were talking about the AIDS epidemic and everything? Yeah, like it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's very much like, um, I mean, like, it is, it's a very strong parallel. Um, I don't know, though, if that was really the intention, especially this Lancaster guy who thinks that women are distractions. I don't know if that was necessarily something that um, he was super duper thinking about, but I think because of what was going on and was culturally relevant at the time, it kind of just led itself to being compared to that. Um, now, with that being said, John Carpenter is not a dummy. Um, so perhaps he did see that parallel there and intentionally, like, you know, leaned really hard into making that scene a big spectacle within the movie. Because ultimately, this scene is also another iconic moment. Mm-hmm. Another iconic moment in in horror where, you know, like, Everybody knows about the blood test scene, like with what's going to happen with the blood. Either, either, you know, nothing happens or there's like a creature that it's gross and, it, you know, it, it pops out of your blood. Because, again, heat and fire and they're putting the heated coil into the blood and the alien is in your blood. 
then it's going to like want to get away from the heat of the coil that you're putting into the blood. Um, so like, here's the thing. Here's the thing though. Um, I forget which one of them was found to be infected. Palmer? No, it wasn't Palmer. It was... Was it the doctor? God damn it. Who was? I can't remember now. What a uh, twist. It was uh, the white stoner dude. That... It was Palmer. I'm pretty sure it was Palmer. Wasn't it? The guy that he always has his headphones on. Yeah. I think you're Palmer? right. I'm pretty sure it was Palmer. Yeah, because he turns into that crazy morphed... It, it's the same. It's the same shape of his head, but he like morphs into this weird scaly looking thing and like his face eventually opens up and like spits out a tongue or whatever and wraps around uh i think it was i think it was george's neck it's like that little tongue thing that wraps around george's neck and strangles him but he's able to get away i think yeah yeah no he does get away i remember that yeah so like here's the other thing like this creature like has no physical rules in the world like it's just like it can be whatever it wants like I understand how that can be super terrifying and probably at the time it was, but like we're now in 2019 and like, if you've seen a lot of horror movies, a lot of these older monster effects can, you know, seem kind of eye rolly because we're jaded. And I feel like the monsters in this movie are, they, 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 they still hold up pretty well they can do too much. Like, like if, if a, if a alien or a monster species in a movie can literally like be whatever it wants, then at a point it's like, what are the physical rules of this movie? Yeah. They like, don't really give any like Um, sort of background to what the aliens are, what they can and can't do in a way. They do give pseudoscience of why the creature was created but it's again le- talking back to like zombies of how that they act and how they feed off of other people as sort of like cannibalistic ways. They have set rules of what zombies can and can't do and how they act. Whereas yeah. these aliens, they like you mentioned, they don't really have any boundaries. So you're just kind of except the really scared of fire. But you know, yeah. um, and and I mean like I guess I guess like they were ultimately they were able to push things a lot further because of. The isolation factor like they're in antarctica like there's not much civilization around so there's the whole threat of if we don't kill it it could spread to the rest of the world to populated areas and all that stuff but like a lot of times they feel like the way they were setting it up like these guys had no chance of defeating it so like yeah, it's going to spread and it's going to become like Jurassic Park 2 when there's, you know, dinosaurs roaming around New York City. Oh, Are we yeah. almost done? Are we almost to the end? Yeah, I think we're, we're like halfway. I promise. Halfway? Jesus no, Christ. no, no, I we're more promise. than a little halfway. I, I protest thusly. Okay, so <laughs> no, because after after the blood scene, after they do the blood test. They're like, oh, my God. So, like, now there's, like, three or four people left. Like, we have to do something immediately. So they go back to the shed. The guy is gone. And now they're just like, how do we isolate this alien from spreading to the rest of the world? Blah, 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 blah. You kill it. You kill it with fire. Exactly. So so what what do the men do? They they act like the Neanderthals they are, and they're gonna kill it with fire. And don't they like border up the like all the storage areas and everything like that? Yeah. They like border up the doors. 
So like, yeah, they're trying to just like, they're trying to make sure that they have it within a very specific space that they can control to a point. And then it's RJ and who's, uh, who else is left at this point? So there's Childs, there's RJ, and then there's one other guy. Nalls, that's when RJ and Nalls, they go to RJ's tool shed to, I think, yeah, because like they're bordering up the doors and then they go to RJ's tool shed and they, everyone notices that everyone, they've been gone for a long time. And this is when Vance, the other, he's the guy with the turtleneck sweater. He is like starting to act strange and he's grabbing his stomach and acting like he's going to be sick. And this is when he notices Nalls is coming back alone and RJ isn't with him. And he, like, throws a flare down, and Vance opens up the door for Nalls, and he says that he found RJ's stashed-up clothing. Because, like, I forgot to mention this, whenever they, whenever the aliens, like, form into a body, they rip open the person's clothes. So that's how, like, the noticeable sign that someone's formed into something. And this is whenever he mentions that Nalls, he found uh, RJ's clothing all ripped up behind a furnace. And that's why he cut the uh, toe line to where for whenever uh, RJ was climbing down and to get rid of him. But RJ somehow makes it back into the storage room. Right, because they think RJ's an alien. Yeah, right. and, like, this is when, like, RJ is going full, full-on crazy. He's full-on cuckoo at this point. Well, I mean, in comparison to the rest of them, he's, he's like, still trying to get shit done at least, you know? Right. But so, so this is when they go, like, down into that basement place where there's the semi-created ship and whatever. Um, And then, like, ultimately, the next part of the movie to me is just, like, them hunting the alien. Um, The one guy gets caught by the alien, so he becomes a part of it. And then now we just have RJ and Childs left and they basically explode the rest of the base that hasn't already been destroyed. And now we are at the end where they're just kind of like all panty and like tired, but like also out in the wilderness. So like, they're going to have to figure out where to go soon because they're going to freeze to death if they don't. But like, this is when they realize like they don't really know each other that well. So now they're left with each other and like ultimately having to, depend on each other in one way or another but they still there's no there's no trust there yeah it gets back to like the whole men are stupid and don't show emotions etc thing but so did that did that did that efficiently speed up the process for you ashley i'm sufficiently pleased it's 3 15 in the morning um I've been up since about seven yesterday, so I am ready to put this bad boy and myself to bed. So, <laughs> um, well, you, you did forget about one creature though. Whenever Vance turns into the stomach vagina, you did forget about that. So I I will never forget about <laughs> Vance's stomach vagina. Like that was disgusting. And the teeth that it had coming out of the guy's stomach. That was disgusting. I mean, I think I. Th- think if I had read this correctly, um, Stan Winston did a lot of the um, like special effects for this as far as like the animatronics and making the costumes. Yeah, and Bob uh, Botton did as well too. He yeah. Was like, he, him, those two were like the main guys and they had over because I think John Carpenter, he approved, I think it's, what did it say? 
he had over like a thousand or so creatures created, and Joan Carpenter only approved like ten of them. Sam like, Winston's done a ton <laughs> of shit. Nicholas, he did Pumpkinhead. Oh, that that ugly bastard! That ugly bastard that I dropped off in your mailbox. You did. Um, uh, our favorite three fingers from Wrong Turn. That's oh him. My God. He made that fella. What? Um, yeah. Yep. Um, what else did he do? He did a lot of stuff. I think he did like a lot of the animatronics for. I mean, not just horror, but I think he did like Matt. This is up your alley, Teenage Caveman. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, well, you're gonna have to look into it. It looks terrible. Um, that sounds awesome. <laughs> If it's Nicholas, terrible, I'll watch it. Hell Ra- uh, another Hellraiser movie? Yuck. So, you know, Stan, Stan Winston, he's like a pretty pretty cool guy. I think oh, yeah, did... I, called, I called him Bob Botton. His name is Rob Botton. Sorry, well, Rob. You know, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. <laughs> Technically. Bob Rob. Yeah. Oh, Nicholas, Six Degrees of Separation. He did. He made dinosaurs for Jurassic Park. Oh. <laughs> there you go. I there it is. is there, but there's no... I don't think I, I'm pretty sure there's not going to be a Brady Bunch connection here, though. Oh, oh I gosh. will find it and report back. I will find it. Please don't. <laughs> oh, oh, are you upset about our Brady Bunch connection? <laughs> no, I just I'm indifferent about it. <laughs> oh, it's I mean, so are we. So it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fun little game we play with our with each other. What What is the weird connection we can put together now? Uh, apparently Jurassic Park Jurassic <laughs> Park there it is I'm not mad yeah. thanks thanks there to your you cousin go. for making you watch that yeah no it was, it was a good time I really enjoyed it yeah I'm gonna end up down a weird rabbit hole finding out about weird things that happened on the Brady Bunch so, <laughs> way oh, to go God. me finding all sorts of connections so, so we're, at, we're at the end we're at the end of this meat sandwich right put, so, so putting, do the, have, putting the top bun on do we have any last parting thoughts in in our just like full-on breakdown of the movie or do we feel like we've kind of hit all of the the main nuggets that we must i think matt did a really great job of uh putting together a synopsis and doing the background yeah. for us so thanks matthew yeah that was, that was yeah. great your notes I've, were very comprehensive and we appreciate it i sort of took them when it was really late at night so a lot of them i didn't spell check a lot of it but i love like going into production and just talking about like pre-production of like movies and how they come together and the behind the scenes because i care more about that and a lot of like whenever people review movies they don't sort of really go into that type of thing they just talk about the main bits of the movie but i like the pre-production and everything that goes into it yeah. and like john carpenter he put a lot of effort into this movie like he didn't make a whole lot back with the movie, but it's still probably one of my favorite John Carpenter movies, besides Halloween, obviously. But well, you know, it's it's certainly a cult classic now. If it wasn't back in the day, so right. you know, oh my god! And your podcast is called Cult Classic Mania. Look at that! Oh, well, look at there's the connection. There well, is. I was gonna do it, and I'm like, this movie is too good to actually like talk <laughs> about it on my show, and. I, that's way too much effort on my show, so I'm going to see if I can do it on another show. So there's there that. There you go. Yeah, it's um, it's it's too good to take a shit on. Basically, exactly. it really exactly. is. It is. And as much as we did shit on it, it was all done with the utmost respect and love. Um, yeah. But yeah. So so should we move on to reading this, baby? Oh, absolutely. Nicholas, yeah. would you like to take the lead? How many pumpkins? Sure. So, uh, Matt, I'm not sure if you're completely aware, but we we rate the movies on a scale of one to five pumpkins. I think for me, this is like a solid four, just mainly for looking back at it now. Like, it's a very 
It's a very important piece of like early 80s horror. So I'm going to give it a four. Matthew? So I think since it probably like put a lot of fear into me and like a lot of trigger points <laughs> and it's and just based on that alone, I think I'm going to give it a five because I watched this movie when I was 12 years old. I was scared of it then and I'm scared of it now as a 23 year old man. So that's really saying something that's that's held up this long. And I, yeah, I get a five. One hundred percent. Pretty good. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a four as well, based on technical merit. I think it okay. was real. I think it's really well done. Yeah. Um, I think that Stan Winston and uh, you know Bob Rob did a really good job making things of Matthew's nightmares. And yeah, like I I enjoyed like you said, Nick. I enjoyed this movie after the fact. Because when you're in it, you're kind of like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. because you're watching it, you're like, what? What? Susan, help me. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but, I mean, it's just so well done. It's quirky. It's kind of stupid. And it tries to be smart because men. But <laughs> yeah. and, and it was also, like, one of the first big movies of the early 80s to like have a isolation situation specifically in a cold environment oh yeah you know there's been plenty since then um that have tried to capitalize on that but all right so matt gave it a five people gave it a four so that's 13 out of 15 possible pumpkins which is a solid a A minus i don't feel like doing math so so it's like an 80 it's like an 87 percent so that's like a yeah it's it's like a b plus a minus yeah but um yeah everybody here at copulators die first uh nick and i and our um sweet little mascot brenda uh brenda um we'd like to thank you matt for your contribution yeah we really like enjoyed having you on no problem. I guess I'll have you on eventually and make you watch a really god awful movie. So God, I can't fucking wait. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to take it. I think in Mar- March. Actually, in March that I'm gonna do uh, the invasion of the gigantic spiders. So oh, you're just you can, re- you're just uh, getting ready for a good time for yourself. That's yeah, that's really that, awful. That seems like a poor choice. Yeah, and I and think it choices. only made I think it only made seventy thousand box office wise. I thought you were uh, gonna say seventy dollars, and I was like, I'm not <laughs> surprised. And might as well have that's the budget that they got. But yeah, maybe we can do God awful movie. I I try to do movies that Mystery Science Theater three thousand didn't do, but it turns out that they've actually done this movie. So I feel kind of like an asshole trying to copy that, but whatever. Well, uh, apples I, and oranges. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I should plug whatever because it's I guess it's professional. I don't know. Yeah, um, Matt, do all the plugs. Plug your uh, shit. Plug it. Yeah, you can follow you can follow the show. It's Cult Classic Mania. You can follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, apparently, we're on a thing called Pocket Cast, and I've never heard of that before, but we're on everything else. Uh, you can follow me at Cult Classic Matthew on Instagram, and follow our new Instagram page, Cult Classic Mania, and our new Twitter account, which is CCM Pod, I believe. I'm terrible at remembering that, but that's what it is. And we're also on Facebook, so... Go out and check us out, I guess. And, Holy shit, that's a mouthful. And yeah. maybe learn about all of the god-awful movies that I torture myself with and review them. <laughs> well, someone's got to do it, so, you know, thank you yeah. for doing thank you for doing it so we don't have to. 
Yeah, uh, you're doing you're doing the Lord's work out here because yeah. I don't want to do that shit. <laughs> and, uh, if you're gonna like tune in for our next episode, which we have an episode every Monday, I think the next episode that I'm gonna do is Conquest from 1983, and it's a Lucio Fulci film. So if you've ever heard of him, you might like him. You're probably not gonna like Conquest, but you'll like Lucio Fulci's movies. Otherwise, besides that, uh, I don't know if you guys heard of this, but City of the Living Dead. You may have heard of that before. You I did mean, that probably. movie. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen it, but I mean, I might own a copy because it's high. I just pick up random shit, see what happens. You'll probably, fi- probably find it in the $5 bin at Walmart, most likely. I but... might have even picked it up at <laughs> the thrift store. Who the fuck knows? But yeah, it's an Italian zombie movie, so oh. you gotta check that out. It's pretty cool. cool. But yeah, we're doing Conquest next week, so if you want to tune in for that, go ahead and do that. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything that I plugged, I think. Yeah, so so listeners, I don't know how many there are of you yet because we don't know, but um, <laughs> do all of that. And then, of course, follow us on Instagram at Copulators Die First. You can also find us on Facebook at Copulators Die First. Um, please, if you have thoughts, questions, concerns, contributions, email us at Copulators Die First Podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Okay? Lovely. Lovely. All right. Um, It's 3.30 in the morning. Keep on creeping on pumpkins, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.